horror, horror, horror movie. How'd you like these memories? Clarence. Let me just uh, cradle your head there for a second, Mr. Butler. We're a long way for God now, son. Ah, yes. Subtitles. Go ahead, press button. Fucking give you some stones, man. Let's make a horror movie. Looks like you'll find that quite disturbing. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Let's Make a Horror Movie podcast. Tony, can I press the button, eh? Yeah, go ahead, press the button, son. I'm pressing it now, eh, Ken? Well, let's make an horror movie. Thanks, Tony. Cheers, Cla- Tony's cousin. Classic Tony in the booth cousin. Presume cousin, so. It yeah. could be. It's it could a, be. the resemblance. Is it a cousin, Tony? He's nodding. He's nodding. Classic. Monosyllabic. Thanks that's very kind much. of what Tony does. That's kind of Tony's thing. I don't know how much you pay him, uh, but I don't think it's enough. Not a lot. No. That's, is that why he's angry? Yeah, just enough to keep him alive. Right. I figure any more than that, and it's sort of debauchery. Well, That's you need to motivate, attitude. don't you? You need to motivate him to yeah to go out in the world. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. absolutely. Fend so, for himself. Yeah. Tarp at the end of the garden. That's what you know. Sleep under that if he needs to be. <laughs> Understood. So yeah, well, welcome to the annual. <laughs> <laughs> this is two weeks later, isn't it? No, yeah. <laughs> normally it's the bi-monthly podcast, but uh, let's be honest, it's been one year, pretty much one <laughs> single year since the last one. It was a and, busy uh, Christmas. It was a hectic the audience, Christmas. The audience were asking. They yeah. were saying, "Look, give us a break." Obviously, yeah. we've had a lot. Too we've much quality of, content. We've had golden content. Yeah. It's like the mental version of gout. Mm. Our, our, too much our, of a good thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's just too rich. Yeah. And so all of our listeners were just getting mental gout. Brain gout. So it was starting to sort of detract from their, the rest of their lives. Exactly. I mean, it's no use having incapacitated listeners. Mm. Also, the government felt, you know, they felt we were drawing too much attention away from all the COVID stuff and the guidelines and they it's thought... the you press know, conferences you were doing, that's yeah, the problem. Exactly. Yeah, five and o'clock, you should have picked a different slot, really. And I like to really roll the dice on my press conferences. Like, I really like to Polish just... on the spot. Just whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It's exciting. It's much more exciting. It's the way to run a country. Here's a pitch. Yeah. Hey, saw that coming. <laughs> oh, I've hey. got an idea. <laughs> How about everyone's got no legs now? Yeah. So, yeah, when our viewing figures went, you know, beyond the daily conferences, we really had to scale back. More on that later, I guess. We're developing a bit of a new mantra with our uh, social media engagement, which has been too popular. And, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Too we had to, we've crashed a few social sites just with the clamour for new episodes. And it was hard. It was yeah. hard trying to just trying to just say, no, you know, we've got all these ideas, but no, we're not doing it just yep. because you guys want, you know, sometimes it's like kids, isn't it? You, like They don't know what's best for them. Well, that's and right. We didn't yeah. want to and give people brain the, gout. The loving parents <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to stop our kids getting brain gout. You're welcome, I guess. Yeah, you're welcome, yeah. guys. As always, write in with the deafening silence that we're normally used to, mm. you know, and same on social. Well, when the key is, though, don't write in, isn't it? Well, That's deafening the new, silence. The, I mean, I guess this is season two. So this is the new mantra this for is, season I two. I tend to think season three, because we had season two started. I'm only counting seasons where the inferior John's been on the mic. So. <laughs> Lesser John. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, getting off topic, let's remind ourselves what this is this this is a normally monthly podcast let's call it occasional started bi-weekly then moved to monthly yes we're a year later but what is time what do you want from us yeah (laughs) as far as how i would phrase it what is time Mm. you know right in but uh so anyway this is not going to be just once a year probably uh but if it is obviously you know deal with it feel lucky but this is the welcome back so i guess this is this is probably season three episode one and i think season two probably had like four episodes in it i'm something. all right with that yeah season three episode one yeah just imagine AKA like the, 32 just I'm imagine right the game of thrones showrunners did the second season and they got bored and fucked off <laughs> uh, because that's <laughs> felt like a bit too did. much work yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, normally what happens is this podcast is split into four acts the 
first act is feedback on last week's episode, which of course is now over a year ago, and also was not a pitch episode. Mm. Well, I probably should say that the point of this podcast is that either myself or John will write a horror movie idea for uh, like a pitch, pitch it to the other one, and then live on the episode, the other one sort of feeds back, comes up with ideas, and then we pass it out to the audience, and the audience writes back in the following episode, where we read it out, and then we come up with a horror movie thing. Yeah, Yeah. and then we all, then we get the checks. We create our Frankenstein's monster, we sell that to Diet Coke or or some other such franchise. Pepsi. Yeah. And then Act 1's normally feedback on last episode. Act 2 is stuff that we found and liked and watched. Cultural highlights. Cultural highlights, including things we've tasted, imagined... Dreamt of? Dreamt of. Yeah. I think it's the only other yeah, one, yeah. isn't it? I can't think of any more Nothing options. more tangible than that. <laughs> the third act is the pitch itself, and the fourth act is a sort of name search for the for the idea, and a bit of bullshit. A.K.A. the, gener- more the generic of, nonsense. A bit more of this stuff, but at the end, by Ooh. which time we've warmed up a bit. <laughs> I mean, what a cheese board. Anyway, so that's kind of that. Anything else you want to say, John, in uh, intro? It's been a while, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a year. I hope you're all still alive. Hello, fellas. Welcome to Act One. Tony, what's this slider thing here? What does that do? Does that change the volume or what? What's that? Ah, you think that's the volume knobs, mate? Yeah, press the other button now. Thanks, guys. I mean, the booth. It's the Wild West. Let's be honest, it's the Wild West. Mate, I mean, it's segregated. That's the problem. We can't get in there and, and do anything about it. Really. No, you know, it's, so it's, it's, it's just Tony's, all fencing. Tony's domain. He'll bring in his friends, neighbours, whoever pets. he's got under the tarp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're in Act One. Normally, this would be the feedback, obviously, on. The previous episode's pitch, mm. but the last pitch we did was Marionette Macabre. Oh, really? Episode 28. So the uh, the really that. complicated French uh, property transaction. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. But we got into the deep details of French property law. Mm. I mean, it's obviously horrific. It's pure horror. It's what horror movies dream about. Absolutely. Admin. I mean, it's everyone's <laughs> worst nightmare, to be honest. You know, I was on the train the other day mm. in London, and they said, um, please be understanding of people who are choosing to wear a mask. Oh, really? And don't I was like, them. well, that's a funny fucking way wow. around to phrase yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like going, um, oh, please take it easy on everyone who decides not to carry a 12-inch blade yeah. on the underground with them. If you You're choose like, not oh, to yeah, run I'll with scissors, it, yeah. that's your choice. Yeah. You know, please, so you've yeah. got this all the wrong fucking way around. <laughs> And it's interesting, I live in Scotland and we have all of the correct rules and uh, all of the wrong numbers in terms of COVID cases. So it's, uh, you know, we're all keeping our masks on, but then just, uh, maybe it is, maybe that's the problem. The really, really smart people are the people on public transport who understand that when you remove your mask for eating or drinking, COVID stops dead in yes. the tracks. It oh, yeah, stops yeah. dead. And I think this, we have to tell people about this. Keep it's a public eating. service announcement. Mm. It's the same in space. The astronauts quite famously when they're out on a moonwalk or spacewalk mm. they will retract the glass cover of the yeah. have a sandwich because the vacuum just waits for them you it can goes, get no another, no i understand you can get another three kilometers yeah exactly doing that it's interesting because um elon musk has done a lot with spacex recently where mm. the spacesuits they've been developing mm. don't even have the helmet oh, they've just yeah, got a, a something holder. that will hold a sandwich yeah. or hold a drink yeah the money that he's saved, mm. and this is why he's, you know, he is who he is. He's an innovator. This is why he's, yeah. he's successful mm. and everything else is that he's smart enough to see what the idiots like us don't. you got to look outside the box. Exactly. You know? And outside the box, there might be a sandwich. I should mention this week's sponsor uh, for this episode. Mm. It's sponsored by Wet 
plug sockets. Now that's W H E T wet. <laughs> Crucial. <laughs> wet plug sockets. Uh-huh. Um, all your plug socket needs, mm-hmm. obviously. Or Can you your... get wet plug sockets from wet plug sockets, or is that W E T? W E T. Or is it oh, only dry? I even... Oh, I hadn't or is it only dry? Course. Yeah, that does sound a bit confusing. Now that you it, said it, that. It... I was just because I know Bob wet. Yes, and of course, so, the wets. Yeah, yeah from wets. Yeah, and they, yeah. make, they make wet plug sockets. Of course. They and make wet paper. Toasters. <laughs> Absolutely. They've got a whole wet electrical Absolutely, division, yeah. haven't yeah, they? Yeah. Like wet electronics. <laughs> wet, <laughs> wet That's right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I can see why you wouldn't have put those two things together. But I'm, I'm probably, <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like I've been a really cheap joke at the expense of the wets. <laughs> Who are dear family friends. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I don't, don't, like, we don't want to affect, negatively affect the wet stock price uh, by accident. <laughs> if we see a drop-off in the sale of wet pants, I'll be uh, <laughs> disappointed. I'll really hold myself so to account for I wasn't going to mention wet pants or wet trousers because I thought they were... We might sponsor a different... Technically, there is different, uh, there's different subsidiary of wets. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah it's so like, I thought that might actually... We might get a second sponsorship deal out of them. But since... Yeah, we've, look, let's wrap them all up into one. But wet yeah. plug sockets was the uh, was yeah the, was the one that he'd really. That's and if you're the, looking for the showroom, it's on the high street just next door to wet carpets. <laughs> <laughs> just pop in there, grab a plug. You know. Well, I mean, but careful when you're grabbing wet plugs. Yeah. But um, don't you start making it? Yeah, no, but you know, I mean, because the spikes on them. Oh, of course. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, W H E T. W H E T. Yeah, wet. 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 <laughs> Maybe we should start that read again. Actually. Wet. Plug. Wet. Wet. Plug. <laughs> oh, they do blend perfectly with your wet carpets. I'm wearing a pair of wet pants right now. <laughs> Make yours wet today. <laughs> Time to get wet. <laughs> Let's get wet together. <laughs> I mean, the wets have been a big family flames for a long time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that their son's christening. I mean, I feel awful now. Making a cheap joke. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, wet, things... we walk on water. That's the that was the only, that, that was before the, uh, the genius bit of branding because yeah. someone had noticed that actually wet is quite similarly sounding to wet. Oh no! You I know, just thought the, they meant they were really like. Oh, they're like Jesus. Yeah, beyond reproach. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah. 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 That feels a bit cheap, doesn't it? it does feel a bit cheap. Oh, you, I mean, you, I think any time you compare yourself to Jesus, you're. I was more thinking the comparison to yeah, wet and water. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why they changed it. Well, the famous ad from the sixties was "Water is wet." You remember? <laughs> that's um, right. Because that's they how they started. Yeah, the they started right, yeah. water. That was, they actually started that whole thing. Yeah. Water is wet. Yeah, that's right. They were dominant in the market for a while, weren't they? Yeah, but then they they lost out to Moist, which was M O Y S T. Yeah, moist moist towels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Moist towels is how they. <laughs> well, that's where they are now. I mean, obviously they started out as moist water. It was a you know direct. It was like Pepsi and Coke, wasn't it back in the day? Wet and moist. Um. Yeah, but both very touchy brands about that kind of yeah. Weirdly, they they really the one time that they really really compete is wet pants and moist pants. That's right. (laughs) Head to head at the top of the charts in the pants charts. Who's going exactly? Mm. Who's going? Do you know what? I want to compete in underwear. Who's thinking that? 
I mean, it's a horse ma- market. Male, men under, male, male's mm. underwear. Yeah. You know, women's underwear is a slightly different thing. People genuinely are competing. Usually fits women, doesn't it? Yeah. D- usually. Yeah. You can make it fit a lot more than that, though. I True. Think, yeah, try. that's very close-minded. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't want to keep going on about wets. Um, but they have paid us a huge amount of money, so I actually think part of that was about not mentioning moist, so we might want to uh, reconsider. <laughs> oh, yeah, we might have to, yeah, we might have to remove moist. might have to uh, yeah. move away from that somewhat. I think it's pronounced moista. Moista. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Spanish. Yeah, yeah Spanish. Well, exactly. They were, yeah, a, yeah. They were a Spanish uh, company from yeah. the get-go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, moist. <laughs> moist. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, that's that's the sponsor. We should also note, um, fuck off eggs. Do you oh yeah, fuck off I eggs? do remember fuck yeah. off eggs. Yeah. So we've expanded our. I'm just because it, it seems like a natural segue to go mm. from the sponsor to our own product. No, of course. So we're doing a new line of mutton that looks like vegetables. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I knew that, of course. I've been uh, yeah. the main one. Yeah, obviously you knew, but I'm telling the telling yeah. the customers. That was that was, that was a bit of acting uh, there. So the main one is a block of mutton that looks like a block of soy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You do anything with it. Mm. Do anything with it. You can cook it, put it in stuff. But it is mutton. Yeah, weird mutton, but yeah. it does the same job as soy. Wow. So it could be like think of it as a soy replacement. Well, it's like mutton sauce. Yeah, so like so- mutton mm. instead of soy, because like soy's become a bit. It's a bit passing, yeah, it's a bit yeah, yeah. ubiquitous. So it's like, all oh, mm. right, I'll have a bit of mutton. Yeah. I'll have a mutton lump of just a lump of mutton that I can flavor how I like or put into yeah, stir yeah. fry or you want. Yeah. your salad. Mm-hmm. Just eat it on its own. However, yeah. you would use soy. Mm-hmm. Really. Absolutely, and really, you know, you can you can make a big meal of that at the restaurants when you're ordering. Look, it's not funny or interesting. It's just, business uh, is business, it's David. Business is yep. business. We don't fuck around just when it get comes the mutton. to fuck off eggs. Yeah. I mean, you it's know. sort of in the name, isn't it? For anyone that forgot. I mean, if you feel like we have just found um, some mutton at the side of the road and we're trying to sell, you know, 60 pounds of mutton, you know, get that idea right out of your head. Yeah, this is, oh, this yeah. Is, this is a long-term business proposition. This isn't just a fly-by-night. If, you, if you've come yeah. to the conclusion that we've come across a bit of mutton and we're just trying to shill it, mm. that is, that is absolutely not it. No, no. But if you want to buy mutton... Uh, come we're, to us we're you guys yeah. you know particularly for the next five to six days I would reckon health yeah. safety you know food safety wise if you want to press the button on mutton mm, then nice you give time. us a call and in fact or otherwise you could wait in a sort of five to six weeks and then we could we might uh, mutton jerky might be a conversation mutton jerky is a conversation mm. yeah. not just now though but it's a new soy almost so farm fresh mutton what we're working on now is mutton milk Mm. So you know, soy milk and stuff. Try and squeeze so it. Just like, keep people, people are looking it. for alternatives mm. to dairy, so mutton, mutton milk is what we're trying now. And I think that's the housekeeping for the various products. It's good that we got the wet ones out, though. The next thing, I don't want, don't want to get into it, but they're doing wet wipes. Whoa, uh, teaser. Yeah, but they apply A dry the difference. Wipe. Well, they apply stuff. Mm. So the difference between wet wipes and normal wet wipes. Yeah. Wet wipes apply something to you. Right. So Grease you're not on. Wiping. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's on, not yeah. off. If yeah, you yeah. get it. Hands looking too clean. Get a wet wipe. Face a bit bland. Mm. Pass a get wet it. wipe over it. Yeah. And looking yeah. too fresh at the end of the day. Wet wipe. Pop a wet wipe on. Wet wipe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's easy as it sounds. You know, there's a company. Well, you know, I won't get into it. But it's ours. 
Do you know R's? Like, oh, it's capital R apostrophe S, R's. Um, no. Because they did it, R's it, wipes. Right. And um, <laughs> <laughs> these are wet wipes. I think they're competing with R's wipes. <laughs> yeah, they started out doing um, protection for garden furniture and stuff, wasn't it? It was R's covers, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, R's, R's covers. <laughs> So I think in summation, we're saying buy wet white. Uh, wait, no, what was the original product? Wet plug sockets. Wet plug sockets. Yeah. yeah, wet wet plug sockets. But I think you know, right next door to wet carpets. <laughs> any any wet products, they'll mm. probably be they'll probably be delighted. They will yeah. get the extra commission from that. Um, the arse stuff is just that's free advertising. We love it. We love it. Yeah, and ours. we didn't we didn't say anything about moist. That's, that's right. A, that's a, moist. <laughs> Significantly litigious <laughs> problem. Yes, well, mo- moist is mainly available on the um, on the continent. So, well, not, of course, yeah. I mean, not yeah. so much part of Brexit Britain anymore. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's uh, we've lost a good good lot of stuff like that. Fortunately, a lot of ours is based in Britain, homemade. So that's the uh, that's the products. So, like you know, we couldn't do our. Obviously, we couldn't do the podcast without all these sponsors. Although so. the amount of money is making it difficult to do it with that. I mean, it's it's difficult for motivation, but yeah. it's hard. I mean, we obviously make an awful lot of money. We yeah. do. We, so uh, please don't retweet. Don't give us feedback. Keep us off the radar. Hush, hush, hush. Mum's the word. Series three. Mum's the word. Mum's the word. And uh, if and wet's the wipe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'd probably say actually we've had a few beers. So it's not just... Oh, we should tell you what. There's a few things we should celebrate. So the Uh first thing we should celebrate is the fact that J-Dubs, our host, our co-host, is here with us in person. You? And not doing this As you can hear. Yeah, as you can tell. (laughs) Clearly. Because you're all watching on the live stream. Of course. Sorry, I forgot about the webcam. All the riggers know. Remember we do the oil rig live stream, Rig TV. Yep, yep. Uh, So they all know. But Shout out. Shout out to the riggers. Wee-wee. wee But for everyone else who's just on the audio... You'll probably want to know we're in the same room, not in different rooms. Yeah, I'm here. I'm more here than normal. All right, thanks, fellas. Welcome back. It's been a long time. Obviously, welcome back to all the listeners. I got Tony. I'm Woody. I got Tony. Why? 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 Thank you, Kevin. Can I press the button? Kevin. All right, press the button, Kev. Kids, uh, eh? No attention span these days. I feel like it's been a while since we've had proper Tony as well. Mm. Like, I think he's got the guests in. Yeah, he's And that's taken a lot of bit. pressure off yeah. him. He uh, literally just turns up now, does yeah. the mix. Well, it's just, you know, it's like a work experience kid or something like that guy, isn't he? So. We get a mixed bag with him. We get, the, As I've said before in mm. previous episodes, we get good interviews for us. Yeah. But Tony's guests, I don't know, man. Well, I don't know where he fair, gets you know, he's only got what you give him. Yeah. So, you know, you pay peanuts... You get, you get what you, you get give. Tony's cousin. Anyway, look, so act two, this is the trickier part because we've had a year, but you watched a film called Concrete Plans. I did watch Concrete Plans, that's correct, yeah. A guy called Will Jewell, I believe, who directed and wrote it. Would I be right in saying that an acceptable synopsis would be a motley gang of builders take on a remote farmhouse renovation only to be ripped off by the aristocratic owner causing events to spin badly out of control? Yes. Bloody hell, didn't they? Yeah, um, did they? Yeah. Tell me all about it. So I it, was really, it was really interesting. So essentially, as you say, set up as the builders are going out to this remote site. The builder is in sort of financial distress and needs to take on the job, taking it on at a very keen price. And they are remote and they're doing the job in something like three months or six months or something. They've got a set window of time. 
And if they don't get the job done, they're not getting paid. Right. And so, not a nice situation to be in. But he obviously had to take that on to get the work. You know, okay. to get the work. So that that's the that's the story yeah. as such. What? How did it? How did it pan out? How did so, you enjoy? There's this amazing. What I felt was a really natural escalation of things going wrong. Oh, that's good. And I was like, I was quite impressed at it because it was like, they took some actions that were, I guess, illegal. Right. And then went, oh shit, we've broken the law now. What are we going to do? Well, we need to go along with this. This is what we're going to do next. Double down. Yeah. And right. it was just a bit of a groupthink and a very slow step up of things going wrong mm. and all these escal- all these sort of little separate plot points coming together you know, these little subplots of uh, what was going on in people's lives right. and ended up in this sort of situation where are like oh my god this is where we are I thought really well played out oh nice plenty of threat it was a wee bit violent it was just that kind of understandable shit goes off the rails you know you know how things go wrong in a pub and suddenly someone ends up in a fight yeah 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 it was that kind of like Shift wrong in the place, narrative. wrong time, yeah. one thing goes wrong. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, we're, we're way off the rails now. The tagline is a taut thriller that grips and twists towards a devastating climax, and that sounds like kind of what you were Yeah, I like. think that delivered. Well, I've certainly just watched Fright Fest 2021. Well, I doubled my Fright Fest uh, quota this year. Yeah. Went from, Went from one, one film <laughs> to two films. So it was a big we're step up there. for me. I mean, well, I'm not sure if I want to get there. But it was well, hang on. In about a decade, you'll be sitting through all the Fright Fest. <laughs> Shaking in my chair. <laughs> Fright Fest, for everyone who doesn't know, is a genre film festival every year. I relentlessly have called it a horror film festival in the past. It's not pure horror, but a genre. Really? Yeah, you should think about a different film. name. <laughs> anyway, so look, I will rattle through some because obviously I watched the whole kit and caboodle and I would recommend that everybody that exists ought to be watching all of Fright Fest's output at all times. But I will um, just highlight a couple of films. Uh, Motherly was one film which had the same cast as a film I mentioned in the last Fright Fest episode about a film called For the Sake of Vicious which was a brilliant, I think, largely Canadian film. And uh, Motherly, a different director, but the same core cast, is another kind of psychodrama, I guess, with some twists and turns. I'm not going to go into any detail on any of these, uh, apart from this one, which is called The Brilliant Terror, which is a grassroots horror documentary. So okay, following mainly in the US, loads of different grassroots horror filmmakers over quite a period of years. Uh-huh and just their trials and tribulations but what it also does is it obviously interviews all these people and it for people that don't like horror or don't think they like horror or both it brilliantly distills what horror is for so many people and why people like it the main guy they follow is a guy called mike lombardo who you can find on twitter and he's a fantastic grassroots horror filmmaker in the u.s and is very passionate about what he does and just the, the documentary is an absolute joy. It's totally watchable for anybody, whether you're horror or non-horror. Other brilliant films I watched, Broadcast Signal Intrusion. That is an excellent title. It's a great title, and actually, it's based on a fucking wicked idea. In the 80s, local Chicago TV stations, their signals were interrupted and somebody else broadcast it for a few minutes before that could be shut down. Wow. And nobody ever found out who it was. And you can watch them, you can look them up on YouTube and see them, and somebody's made a film where those signal intrusions are quite fucking creepy, 
and the story oh, is just an endless cool. brilliant yeah, mystery yeah, yeah. it's so it's really good yeah yeah and it has some wonderful effects in it but uh the film was just a treat start to finish keeps you guessing brilliant cast great performances i uh, just I've that's got, a cool concept a fucking yeah. wicked concept yeah, yeah, yeah it was such a cool idea one of my favorites was a film called sweetie you won't believe it which is a kazakhstani kind of slapstick horror film where three friends go on a camping trip they witness a murder the people murdering then try and kill them but the people murdering also accidentally kill the dog of a crazy guy the crazy Hang guy on. starts to kill try and kill the murderers and it becomes this massive farce of <laughs> it, it honestly is a total farce but it was second for second one of the most enjoyable films i've ever seen I really just, yeah oh my god <laughs> so much fun an absolute joy start to finish uh, so that's called sweetie won't believe it one of the other fantastic movies was called as in heaven so on earth the italian movie and this was oh exquisitely pleasurable i've got to say i'd say it was sort of maybe a half to two-thirds live action and then the rest of it was animated oh but animated with stop motion puppets and beautiful puppetry like exquisitely realized worlds and stuff the year 1275, a young girl is imprisoned in the dungeons of an abbey where an alchemist uses her for his strange experiments and a young literary assistant tries to free her. In 2011, two teenagers go missing in the woods while a young woman appears from nowhere. Investigations lead the police to an odd manuscript in a tomb. Today, the chief of the cold case department is compelled to leave his video testimony because in light of his recent findings, he fears for his own life. A stunning mix of gothic horror mystery and shocking police procedural using live action and puppet animation. I'd say that undersells it. The stuff set in the 13th century is animated and the stuff set in present day is live action. But that feels like it really throw you out of the story. It doesn't. It works really well and the way they blend it towards the end is just fantastic. But it's really interesting that you don't get thrown out of it because if the story is strong enough, I guess it, it will carry you through the medium that whatever it is they're looking right you know, they're, they're exactly looking and here's the best part which might shock you there's no speaking in the animated stuff it's done God, so really implicitly yeah, yeah. so it has to be done with looks and with movements and stuff and if you think about it, the complexity of doing that with puppets yeah it's insane it's absolutely insane the craftsmanship that went into this film is just beyond like wow. it really is something else so again as in heaven so on earth a uh, huge recommendation wow a couple other ones Greywood's plot a guy and his friends made this film, but he's done a really good job. His name's Josh Stifter, black and white. Um, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like the island of Dr. Moreau. I just thought it was really impressive. The only other thing I was going to mention was I really enjoyed Night Drive. Uh, I mean, look, I enjoyed loads, everything I watched, actually, but uh, these are just the special mentions. Night Drive, a uh, guy picks... Uh, he's he's uh, like an Uber driver, basically, or equivalent, picks up a... A ride and she starts making his night go mad and you have no idea where that movie's going no. no idea at all great cast as well pretty much hangs on these two the cab driver and the hiree phenomenal performances from both of them and uh i like that a lot i would absolutely recommend that anyway that was me we were going to talk about um the two films we watched together yes two seconds i need to find a bottle opener we watched gaia yes and that was a significant film apparently it was yes yeah yeah apparently it dropped into uh, Afrikaans (laughs) part way through oh did it ah yes it went to uh, subtitles 
uh, the subtitles over there talking Afrikaans. I believe it was Afrikaans. All oh, right, okay. Oh, I my, maybe being racist, but that's <laughs> what I thought. Oh, about that. Hey? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, if there's anyone who's famous for not being racist, it's the South Africans. Oh, of course. Okay? Of course. So, okay. Um, yeah, what do you think? Do you want to do, try and do a synopsis and then say what you think? <laughs> so, setup was a couple of park rangers exploring a section of forest by river and one of them has a drone and they're both kind of set up they're just doing a sort of survey of some kind I forgot about a drone and they get to a certain point in the forest and shit starts to go wrong I would guess that was probably the, the initial synopsis they discover a couple of what appear to be primitive indigenous type people living within the forest which they turn out to be essentially survivalists, I guess. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. People who had than, knowledge of the outside world. They were not than yeah, an yeah. isolated tribe. They were people who had deliberately chosen to live in the forest and were existing at one with nature. And it's a story of how that plays out, that interaction, I guess. So. And what do you think? Do you enjoy it? Oh, well, oh. Well. Oh. Yeah, there's a sigh. Oh, dear. Hang on. You're late for something. It's all right. It's Saturday, okay. isn't it? So, I think that the problem I had with it was the kind of classic, why are you going there? Why are you doing that? Mm. They why went to get their drone leave? back. On a positive, when you get into the storyline, and she is then in the forest and having those experiences, mm. I thought it was very nicely set up in the sense that it was a creeping, growing situation where you're becoming more aware of the life of the forest and, I mean, it's called Gaia, so you mm. kind of know where we're going here. Yeah. So you become aware of that kind of influence of the living forest. There was a lot of waking up and realising shit has, yeah, wasn't yeah, real, yeah, yeah, and sometimes yeah. there's waking up twice. <laughs> yeah, and at that yeah, point, yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, so be it. I felt like the movie was written around one monologue. And right. at one point... Oh, yeah. One of the characters has a very yeah. long, very passionate monologue and almost slapped you in the face with the message of the film. It was quite on the nose, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And after that, they were like, we better finish the film now. <laughs> it's difficult to know how much of that is on the nose kind of writing and how much of that was exposing the character or supposed to be, you know, so how much they felt like actually that's really important to this guy's character. And I think it was probably very important to it the was, character. It was, because well, you know that. Because that's was, why he's there. Yeah. And that's and, why he's doing what he's doing. And you saw what happened when she started to kind of mess with the material that he was working with. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was very important to him. I really liked it. There were some definite explicit bits, but it yeah. wasn't... There was no jump scares, per se. But I liked the concept, absolutely. I liked the, the special effects. I thought the special effects, the, act, the performances were good. I thought all the actors were great. I thought it was beautifully well put together. Yeah, so the other film we're going to talk about is Evie by Dominic Brunt and Jamie Lundy which is a Mitchell Brunt production. Again, for anyone that hasn't listened to our episode with Dominic Brunt, go back and give it a wee listen and then go and buy Evie because it was an absolute treat and enjoy, I thought. Do you want me to give a quick synopsis? Yeah, you go for this one. A sinister take on the shape-shifting Selkie, which is a malicious seal creature of Celtic folklore. As a child, Evie lost herself in the myths and legends of the sea while her family collapsed around her. A devastating childhood tragedy and an estrangement from her loved ones means Evie has to find her way in a world on her own. Only now the demons of her past have come back to reclaim her. Mm. It's almost misleading that, but I like how it... It doesn't necessarily wholly capture what the film does. No. But I've got to say, I, I really liked it. I, I liked it. 
I thought it was a beautifully observed character study in drama with this constant undertone of something's coming and so it's, Unsettling, it's, it's coming exactly yeah. you know something's not right there's something you're not through. you're something you're not aware of that oh. is setting everyone else on edge and you're not understanding what it is because you're not being shown yeah. what it is which i really quite liked i like the idea that every almost every character you meet besides evie there's something else that they're not saying on yes, screen exactly. and you're like what the fuck is it i i really liked the very limited use of sfx just, just enough. enough yeah it set it up perfectly. Mm. You're getting localized, contained story, you know, that is tragic and and moving, and yeah. you know. Well, I think um, Brunt always says that he wants to do, and I hope I'm not misquoting him here, but he says he likes to do the exceptional within the mundane. Write in if you disagree. Uh, uh, yeah, write in, please. But no, so but I think that's what it is. It's the exceptional and the mundane. And what yeah. I love about his films, but this one's, you know, in particular is. There's no huge scale, there's no grand mm. thing, yeah. but there is a hugely impactful element on these people's lives, and yeah. you're following them and you care about and them. And the echoes and the, and the ripples from right. that. But and not, it's just yeah. great. Yeah. So it does all Good work. Good movie, man. I would say, yeah, another Impactful stunner. use of special effects, perfectly, perfectly used. And a great cast as well. Oh, Love, Tyres was in it as well, shot. yeah, Michael Smiley in it. Are you two friends coming out tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it was tip top A1 clubbing jam fair <laughs> look that's Fright Fest uh, and that's it that's it for me I mean I've got loads more I could talk about but I'm not well gonna... it has been a year but let, let, let's yeah. you know ca- catch up little and often how's that let's do this next year yeah I mean we probably picked a bad first episode to do immediately post Fright Fest we should have done a yeah. pre-Fight Fest one where we only had one thing to, or two what, just a single talk. year's worth of information. <laughs> we just have one year's worth yeah. to talk about rather than one year's worth plus 15 more movies. Yeah. Um, so we thought, yeah, we have kind of undermined ourselves a little bit there. Uh, okay, right. well, anything else? Anything else that happens in the no, last year? Nothing else happened this nothing. year. No. No. Tony? Welcome to Act 3. I'm pure bored on that. Is this this done? How many acts is it? I think we'll just cut them off Gl- there. Cut, they cut them off in the booth. But yeah, Act 3. Welcome to Act 3. Full disclosure. You're John, welcome. John, thank you. John and I have been drinking all afternoon. Hey. So, hey. Well. So, you know, if that comes across, give us the we've appropriate... We've had some drinks. <laughs> so, this is the part of the show where... Normally, we have a um, a pitch, a horror movie pitch to okay. discuss and walk through. So, and after two failed attempts, thankfully, it's not my go. Yeah, not your go anymore. Yep. My go. We replaced your goes with two interviews. Best for everyone. So, all I'm going to say about this is, it doesn't have an ending. So, we'll figure that out okay. when we get there. We'll we'll just knock that around. And I think that might be the new approach to Laman Pod. Will be if I do a pitch. We're making a movie together, guys. Remember. So all I would say for this is that I watched a movie called Greenland with oh, right. Jared Butler. Yeah. Have you seen that? I've not. I've heard of it though. Highly recommend that. It's a pretty good thrill ride. I really didn't want Whoa. to say it, but my brain, Whoa. my brain went thrill ride, and then my other bit of the brain was like, not thrill ride. Don't use that. And then it went through a rolodex of <laughs> yeah, words. That's every single card on the rolodex was blank. Oh, or and just said thrill or ride. Just <laughs> thrill ride. <laughs> <laughs> And so, thrill ride. Okay. Um, but so here's the thing. So I watched that. He's Scottish. I'm Scottish. I thought, let's just write a butler vehicle. 
So, oh, mate. <laughs> so, so I've written a movie for specifically for Gerald. Oh, Butler. really? Yeah. Oh, mate. So specifically okay. for him. Yeah. But, you know, as with all of these, for all the new listeners, which is probably 100% people, <laughs> given I think our retention, great at getting the new ones in the top. Oh, yeah. Not so great at, at making We bring them in and we just drop them off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as with all of them, I've written a opening scene and then I've summarized what else okay. any remainder so the opening cold open darkness howling wind and pissing rain lightning cracks across the sky as the camera moves down from a storm ridden sky to reveal a worm's eye view of a man standing against the elements rain and wind lashing at his clothing as we pull back to reveal him screaming over the weather at a team of workmen who are variously digging and hauling things around him it's an archaeological site but it's at night and yeah. in, the, in the fucking rain. So. They're working 24-7. A small generator is powering work lights and we can see that this is an archaeological dig. Yep. Though it's at night and in bad weather and uncovered, so something is a bit fishy. Because as we all know... Extreme archaeology. Even if you were doing extreme archaeology, you would cover the things you were digging. and it You would said be, it like it's a thing. It's a like, thing. It's not a thing. No, I mean in terms of like... Yes, if you had to get a dig in done. Extreme in extreme conditions, yeah. Yeah. you know, you'd still do it the same way. You and have so to we protect un- what you're uncovering. We understand that this isn't being done in that fashion. And okay. sounds a bit funny. But I suppose that's only for the non-donkey-brained among us. A shot moving through the workmen reveal it to be a crude archaeological dig at best. And as we get a feel for the surroundings, we alight on a young girl, probably about 13, fighting her way through the mud to the boss man. Father and daughter have some expository dialogue. The fact that they're father and daughter, for mm. a start. Hiya, Dad! <laughs> Hello there, daughter. Approached by a workman, there's an excited conversation with the dad, just as the weather starts to really shit on them hard. In the onslaught of weather, we see the workman running towards something, and the dad turns to yell at the daughter to go back, presumably, to a campsite or similar. Get back to the caravan, Siobhan! <laughs> I want to see what it is, Dad! Hey, what is that? Hey, okay. Fucking wins, eh? She wants the father to go with her. There's a bit of a back and forth. She's questioning that whether they're even supposed to be there, oh. which leads to looks between the dad and the workman, and they give her a placating answer before he's like, look, you need to go. You need to go get out of here. You need to go. Back ah. to the fucking caravan, Siobhan! So the girl heads off, and as we follow the dad and the workman jogging away towards the commotion... Ooh, shit, there's a commotion. Yeah, there's a commotion going on, and the workman and the dad jog off towards it, having told the girl to, you know, sling her hook. And there's snippets of detail, like, we're pretty sure it's the stone, and does it have the eye, and we think so, and so whoa, on. And it's a snap on. dialogue that you're like, whoa, what's that all about? All right. Sounds exciting. Bit of reveal. Cut back to the daughter walking through a churned up mud path over sort of treeless hillocks. So she's yeah. now looking back at this. She's at sort a distance. Of, yeah, at this sort of view, if mm-hmm. you like. Cut back to the dad. He's looking at this sort of camera from a distance. In the foreground, we see various workmen's limbs and ropes and hydraulic lifting machinery. Everyone's looking towards the camera, so we never see the aforementioned stone in the frame. So like oh, I see. So you're looking from a... the stone's eye view, almost. Exactly, stone's right. eye view yep. is basically what we're what we're seeing. Oh shit! But the point is, you never see this sort of MacGuffin. Yep. The tension mounts as the weather increases, and uh, so do the frustrated yells of the workmen as they, which we finally hear the deep scrape. Move that stone! <laughs> <laughs> finally hear the deep scraping sound of a huge stone being forced from its resting place in the Ooh. earth. Men toiling underneath it. We cut back to the daughter, from whose point of view we can almost see the outline. 
almost have said stone against the dark sky. Oh shit, so it's pretty massive. But it's distant and obscured, so we only get a sense of its scale. It's big, it's, yeah, I don't know, six metres, maybe, five metres long. Oh shit, okay. But more like a standing stone. Yeah, yeah, so it's a big old bit of Stonehenge type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So there's a blue flashing light in the distance. Uh, it appears the police have now arrived on site. It's middle of the night. Stuff's going on. It's, you know, might be might be that he's not allowed to be doing yeah, yeah. digging where he's digging. Excuse me, sir. Oh, you've got a permit for that <laughs> stone. Uh, I'll need yourself and myself to come down to a car and... Uh... <laughs> uh, can you fill out a form for me, please, sir, to explain why you're digging up a massive stone? But they're on the edge. They're on the periphery, so they're nowhere near yet. But we've seen them... The we gigs get up, that eh? they've arrived. Yeah. Grimacing with frustration, the boss man, Fucking Gerald stone. Gerald Butler. Yeah. Gerald Butler. <laughs> Fuck, I call him Ooh, Gerald. Gerald. <laughs> That's probably brother. who we can afford. Gerald and yeah. Gerald. So Gerald, Ger- the boss man, Gerald Butler, pulls his phone out and starts frantically scrolling through some pictures and scans of stone rubbings and old texts Ooh. before settling on one and mumbling something to himself. Fuck, 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 sake. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuckers>. Stone rubbing. <laughs> As he does so, we hear something from the machinery being used to hold the rock break. Mm. Though he instead looks off into the darkness expectantly in the opposite direction from all the commotion and the stone and the lights. And so we cut to the workmen from the know? stone's point of view again as they frantically struggle to fix whatever's gone wrong. Jimmy fucking chuck the ropes over <laughs> I keep swearing but it's, the, it's yeah, like yeah. shoot her sorry shoot um, her the intro sequence to Jurassic Park is, is probably a great mental bookmark for how yeah, this oh, should kind pl- of plus the bit where the guy's trying to get away with the, the dinosaur eggs and it's fucking pissing down and he's having to put the rope out to try and drag oh, the yeah. car out yeah. And, Nedry. And it, yeah and he can't see a fucking thing yeah. and he's just trying to use a bloody winch wire <laughs> takes his glasses off gets spat in the eye yeah <laughs> Uh, right, Butler mutters the word again, and over his shoulder we Talk see the talking. edge of the large stone fall onto and crush a man in a squashed seated position with his back against some rock oh. and his legs out in front of him. Oh. That's uh, the corner of the giant stone is mushed sort of through his midriff and lap. Oh. He's still alive and sort of gagging as people shout all kinds of panicked instructions for helping him. Mm-hmm. We get a close shot on the detail of the rock, focusing on a carving as his spasming arm smushes against it and bleeds a trail of blood into oh. its grooves. Oh no! Yeah. That feels important. There you go. The crushed man's anguished face appears to sort of sink and thin as he does so, with Ooh. the stone almost pulling the flesh into it. Skin remains unaffected. He's a bit drained. It's a subtle bit of body horror where he becomes... Is it oh. sallow? Is that the right yeah. word? Yeah. Loose skin. And... Yeah, yeah. So it's subtle, but it's there. Cut to looking over Butler's shoulder, but from behind, so that we're looking at what he's looking at, but he's technically still looking into just darkness. Uh So the accident's behind him. And where he's looking, far off in the distance, there's a crack of lightning. And in the brief illumination, we see a set of standing stones, the lightning striking the ground at their centre. Oh, shit. Um, As that happens, a workman hurriedly shouts to Butler regarding the dying man and the encroaching police. Without turning around, Butler says he's already dead. And I'm thinking there's a connection between the lightning at the stones that he's watching for and the death. He knows that that lightning... That's the moment that the guy dies? Fuck! So initially shocked, the workman looks past Butler to the now-dead corpse and sees he's right. Now turning to look at what Butler is looking at, he says, what are you looking at? And Butler replies, the stones of Stenness which are standing stones on Orkney. Shit. 
Well, that's a tough accent Q to do. Q credits. Q credits. That's oh, a yeah. tough accent to do, mate. None of these folk are from Orkney, so Thank you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your cold open. Wow. Um, as long as Butler's wearing some sort of, like, yellow oilskins, you know, he's fucking drenched, but he's just staring out to the, Costume is know, totally up for, yeah, it's he, up for discussion. Staring out to the landscape. He's fucking soaked. Kids in the caravan. He'd look great. Probably, the kid- cinematography of that opening would be amazing. At one... Opens at night time in a small cottage stroke croft. For those of us who are uh, in the know. Proper Scottish. Aye. A young woman is at her desk, working on something on the computer, surrounded by archaeological ephemera. Do we know where we are timeline-wise? Are we sure? Well, it's we'll la- it's later. So it's probably about ten years later. Taking a phone call, we understand that she's working on a... So le- you'll know straight away from what iPhone she's got. True. So yeah, that's exactly how I was planning to say yeah. Like that's how I was going to show the passage of time with yeah. uh, the So it's got nine phone. cameras on it. Which yeah. Means... In the opening scene, it's a Nokia 8210. Right. Yeah. Or a Motorola Razor? Uh, I would accept a Motorola Razor. Yeah. 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 So he's taking a phone call. Or she's taking a phone yeah. call. We understand that she's working on a legal challenge against the Scottish government from, from the phone call. Relating to the disturbance of an archaeological site and indeed the planned and in construction visitor centre and winter solstice-based global launch event. The site Whoa, dis- that's a handful. So- the site disturbance, hold on, is her real issue, and whoever is on the other end of the phone as well, we don't get to hear the other side of the phone call. The other stuff just comes up as part of a frustrated and incredulous conversation. She thinks that whatever they're doing is all showmanship and a lazy stab at increasing tourism numbers. This is Lucy, the grown daughter of Jared Butler from the intro, probably 10 years older. Smash it. Early 20s. Okay. Mid-20s, maybe. So we can throw back. We can see a photo on the shelf of yeah, her and Jared yeah, Butler. Yeah, Boom. So we follow with scenes of Lucy on a dig herself, which give a little more exposition. She is on Lewis, not far from the Calanay Great Stones. Okay. Or Great Circle of Standing Stones. And a small team of two uh, helping her on the dig. Because it's tricky to get funding and stuff in the domain of ancient stones and related populations and carvings. It's not. It's not top of the investors' agenda. So she's got. It's a not little, Excalibur. Let's put it that t- way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Upon another fairly bleak landscape, then we learn we, that the legal challenge that she's working on was not her baby per se, but a large group of archaeologists had voted for her to be one of the leading figures, as it's her father who is the government's figurehead for this campaign. Said campaign, we discover during the dig conversation, is to establish a global level visitor attraction on Orkney by re-establishing the Six Stones of Stenness, an archaeological no-no, normally. Now, I think there are So what, she's, trying to, she's trying to move them? He is. Oh. Butler. Yep. So Butler and the Scottish government are mov- going to move them, re-establish them all together, create a visitor centre... You know, like Here's our stone and then do a big old fucking yeah. launch night that's all global TV yeah. and live across wherever. That's the plan, anyway. Wow, that sounds pretty um, blasphemic for like archaeology, yes. isn't it? Like, so yeah, it uh, is. It is, and that's why all of these people are up in arms about it. My thinking was, I had sort of thought of setting this in a post-independent Scotland. This is a bit controversial, Ooh, I should say, right? But I right. thought, what about setting it in a post- We need some fucking money in! <laughs> exactly. Aye. We got on the fucking money. Turns out there's no oil left. Oil's and fucked! Like, yeah. Aye. So I thought Give maybe... Give some stones, Gerard. Maybe yeah. if I don't, there I was... I could be calling Gerard Butler. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's not playing himself. <laughs> yeah. 
Jerry. Jerry Butler. Fucking give you some stones, man. There's no oil left. I thought that's maybe how I would get to it if it needed that. If it needs context. If it needed that. Yeah. But um, who knows whether you'd need to get into that much. Certainly for this picture, I thought probably didn't need that detail. We could maybe but... do a bit, a bit of background on him being a sort of a bit of a controversial archaeologist. The idea is that he wasn't a controversial archaeologist. He's just a highly respected archaeologist. Hmm. But he happens between what we saw in the intro 10 years ago and now to have gone a bit off the rails. So although we don't get into it too much, the suspicion is that he knew what was going to happen. Right. So he knew that if... He's basically gone down a, a rabbit hole of, I guess what you call sort of darker research, mm-hmm. where he sort of found something out and he's sort of, you know, putting two and two together from this story and that story and kind of discovering something that hitherto has remained undiscovered. Wow. And so whilst on the face of it, he's going, yeah, they were just digging up this stone. He kind of then reads a word off a stone rubbing that causes something to happen, which causes oh, a shit. death, which causes the lightning to happen. See what I mean? Whoa. So it's almost like he's triggered that to see if Poor it would Charlie, work. Charlie, R.I.P. Charlie. It's almost like, a li- you know, living history. He's testing his theory. Wow. Yeah, poor Charlie. Fucking oh, mincemeat, mate. Smooshed. Mincemeat. And then he's and then and, you know and then Lucy's there going somewhere over the rainbow, <laughs> boof, you know, yeah. someone's Nazi getting screaming, sm- <laughs> yeah, way above <laughs> the dream of wanting a lullaby. Fucking creepy, man. Mm. Hey, back with Butler then. He's in a situation where we're seeing an MSP challenging the build and the plan in a parliamentary committee. And Butler's there with a team of conversely opined MSPs, i.e. people with him on this, making the counter-argument. But the reason for the scene is to show the ropey nature of the argument in favour of it, as well as Butler's deteriorated health and look since the opening. Oh shit. Nonetheless, here he comes off still as the intelligent and knowledgeable archaeologist that he is. So is he walking with a stick or is he coughing or does he just look drained? At the very least, drained, haggard, a bit thin. Yeah. Uh, or thinner drawn drawn wan ooh uh, I mean how many Sallow. other synonyms can we think of but yeah, yeah. maybe thin his hair I don't know have a trunk missing or something oh, I don't know whatever you no, want to yeah, do yeah yeah just thinking hell, just, like radiation look, I'm just spitballing yeah, yeah. but some we're seeing problems physical manifestations try and reflect the kind of stuff I was just telling you about the intro which is is not necessarily explicit so far but yeah. it's very much hinted at ooh yeah, so uh, nonetheless, he comes off as the intelligent and knowledgeable archaeologist that he is, in spite of his stance in the debate. Afterwards, we get scenes where we understand Butler has no actual real sway in things and is perhaps more being used by cynical powers, his public persona having been irreparably damaged by his endorsement of this action, though as yet for no clear reason. Though we get exposed to media that suggests he went off the rails after the death of his wife some years earlier. Oh shit. Also, out of the public eye, Butler is noticeably more skittish and conflicted. He also seems to be hearing things that other people don't. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so I was thinking you have some fun with that. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, in, you know, from a Whisper cinematic point of view. Yeah. Noises from the shadows. But it's, exactly. Things going past behind, just out of sight. So back with Lucy, she's on the croft again and bitching to the about-to-depart helpers about the protesters being back again. Oh, okay. A conversation ensues about a small group of oddly dressed people who have been protesting their digging of the site. Now, are they small in the sense of 
numbers or small group sense of numbers yeah, yeah so like, yeah. i'm thinking only We're four, like or four three or five diggers again not many yeah. but which in a sense it's almost more unnerving when there's only like four or five oh yeah you know yeah a conversation ensues about a small group of oddly dressed people who have been protesting the digging of the site since they started off and on but the whole thing is odd because a they're largely in the middle of nowhere don't forget they're on the lewis for yeah, fuck's yeah. sake <laughs> uh one of scotland's western isles and thus exposure to the protest is limited and therefore it's seemingly pointless B. Yeah, you're getting BBC there. Right. Yeah. There are only about four of them as well, so it seems to be of limited concern to most people even on the island. Uh, and C, they do it in the evenings as the light is dying and the site work is coming to an end for the day anyway. They start protesting in the evening? Yeah. These uh, are creepy bastards. So, regardless, we execute a slightly spooky inducing conversation about them with Lucy poo-pooing any concerns and dismissing them as cooks whilst the two what helpers... What on about? They're just cooks? Fucking cooks, like... It's a total cliche. Total cliche to be like, they're not dangerous. Yeah. Nonsense. Slightly oddly dressed. Um, And uh, (laughs) fervently in in a positive. They just do loads of weird things. So the two helpers set a bit more of an unnerved tone whilst Lucy dismisses them. They lift the stone that they've recently dug up onto a table in the corner and then off they set. The stone on the table that they've found is intricately carved, similar to the one from the opening scene. Shit, she's onto something. Act two. But they lifted it. They lifted it. Like this, yeah, it's, it's a smaller. much smaller stone. Yeah, 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 this is a small. It could be. It could be a piece. Size it of a table. Have to be or, like yeah, a yeah, complete. Yeah, okay. But yeah, yeah, I'm thinking the size of a probably no bigger than a small telly. Okay. You know, yep. couple of you feet You could lift up, put it on a yep. table. I mean, you yep. might need two people to lift it. it. Might be really heavy, but yep. it's manageable. Okay. Right, so Act 2, Lucy starts seeing a figure on the horizon most days, but they never seem to come close enough to be clearly seen or spoken to. Undaunted, she carries on about her work. So we go back to Gerard, back on Orkney. Uh-huh. He's a rudderless tool in the greater machinery of the construction of this attraction. That's oh shit, there. so he's, not, you know, he's just a figurehead now. Yeah, a little bit. Nonetheless, he's still weirdly enthusiastic about it. We get a scene where he's talking to some suits, but they don't appear to be official government business. There are references to the opening scene and the stone that was found then, with the shadier characters pursuing Butlin for for action. But did I say Butlin? You said Butlin. (laughs) Like the like the sort of tourist, you know. Right. So yeah, there are. So these shady suits are referencing the stone from the opening scene. Yeah. Uh, and they're pushing for Butler to take actions and to give them info. They're questioning about a second stone. Butler pushes back, saying they've got all six of the stones. Like the standard stones are six stones. All right. There were four all standing, and then they're putting these final two back. But it's clear that they're after something else, and that Butler knows what it is. A reference to Butler's dead wife is made, and it culminates in one of Butler's hands being skewered to a table with a Whoa. knife. Whilst an ever shadier, even shadier feller in black cradles Butler's face, but in doing so appears to cause Butler horrific mental imagery, causing him great pain and causing him to scream and beg. Let me just uh, cradle your head there for a second, Mr. Butler. <laughs> How'd you like these memories? <laughs> Looks like you've done yourself a mischief there, Mr. Oh, Perry. dear. Looks like you don't find them very happy, do you? <laughs> I do like these memories. <laughs> yeah. Looks like you'll find that quite disturbing. <laughs> Says Brian's done himself a mischief. Looks like he's not got an unhappy past, Governor. <laughs> Meanwhile, the media has started reporting groups of protests arising about, uh, around the Orkney project, the bulk of which are about the approach and the impact of the build. However, there are increasing reports of violence from small groups of oddly Again, dressed three protesters. Foot. 
<laughs> robes, dressed in robes, cowls, and almost monastic-looking dress. Oh, druids. So it starts to feel like things are heating up with regards to yeah. the, the actual launch event. Then back to Butler. He's on a dig site on a rise at night, again in the oh, shit. rain. Back in the oil skins. Overlooking the standing stones in the distance. It's the same place the chap was killed, as we recognise the peculiarly carved stone, now completely exposed and ready for transport. Oh shit. Butler cuts himself over the carving, and as the blood hits the stone, we see lightning strike the stone <gasps> circle in the distance again. Fucking hell. How's his hand? Is it presumably bandaged up? He just opened his bandage and just dripped some blood on it. Did he hurt his hand before? Oh, yeah, that's right. We've got a fucking knife in the hand, David. that's true. Yeah, let's say he just places his knife hand on Yeah, he gets his knife wound on it. His whole hand. (laughs) (laughs) That could get confusing. It's a whole hand. Do you want the whole hand or the the hand with the hole? I just want the stone, Mr. Butler. (laughs) (laughs) Your whole hand. Don't want you to trip over and slip on a knife again. You don't want to cause yourself a mischief in your other hand, sir. So yeah, if it comes from honest cockneys, (laughs) don't they? (laughs) I'll take it high park, you know, no further. <laughs> yeah, Link Boy, yeah. yeah. Where do you see things, sir? <laughs> right. Uh, so he puts his bloody mush hand on the stone. Ugh. Lightning hits the circle again in the background. Butler starts muttering something to the stone. Fucking uh, gummit. So we cut to the stone that sat on Lucy's croft table on Lewis, and we see blood appear on it. Oh, shit. As it sits under the lighting surrounded by yeah. notes and the other bits of box. She's not there. But it's just, you know... Just a bit of blood. Well, you just... It's like there's obviously a... Bit of blood oozing out the stone. Some there's a connection. connection. Fucking I'm hell. telling you. Fucking telling you. Right. Lucy, now in Edinburgh, doing some research before heading back to the island, has submitted some of the photographs of her new stone finds to the relevant forums. Called Check Out Mustaine. So she has updated this portal with some... Uh, just Here's what we found through, like you know, the last couple of months, including said stone. She's on the train back heading up the west coast. Beautiful views. Whoa. I know. Just up the west coast there on the train, I'm guessing to open... I haven't thought this through, because I think you can fly to Lewis, can't you? Or is it Harris? I can never remember. Oh, I don't know. Harris. That's Harris. A, that's what a, I think it's a bum in Cockney. Isolated environment. Okay. You know, so she's on a train. Maybe there's few people on the carriage. Nothing's going to happen, but when I set a, you know, this vibe of there's not a lot of folk about, help is a long ways away. Anyway, she receives an intermittent call from her father on the mobile. Mm. The first time they've spoken directly in years. Mm. There's obviously something that's happened. In the maybe t- the rain. The- maybe his ringtone's like somewhere <laughs> over the rainbow. Something, it's a bit of a callback to the, yeah, 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 yeah. With someone going, help me. That's <laughs> like with Charlie in there. Poor Charlie. Maybe he recorded no, it on the it? night. Oh. <laughs> no, he's not He's not out and out dark. He's a good character. He's a good man. Oh, yeah. She's on an intermittent call from her father on the mobile. They haven't spoken directly in years. As the wilds of the West Coast go by the window, there's a fraught argument over the ethics of putting the stone on Orkney back in situ as you would, because he's the figurehead, so you're going to be like, look, fuck's sake. Something about Butler's manner worries the daughter. She asks who else is there, because we can hear other whispering voices, but he says no one is, and we cut to him and see that that's true. Oh, shit, so she's hearing whispering voices. Um, Yeah, coming from his end of the phone, but all around him is like an all-consuming darkness, and then you're hearing like... Yeah, all right. (laughs) 
Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. So so that's that. So yes, he's surrounded by a dark. That's history. that. That's fucking creepy. That's what that is. That is that. In the phone call, despite the animosity, Jerry raises the existence of the Lewis Stone and something changes and he goes from angry and sort of frustrated given the discussion about the Orkney stuff to serene in a heartbeat. It's odd that he knew about it so fast though given that she was literally on her way back from Edinburgh having just posted the news when she was there. So, Train line wise it's easier to be back from Glasgow but I'm fine with that. Um, well she was in Edinburgh she, had to get, she maybe went through it's Queen Street or something. Done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way. Further contextual scenes from the media outlets of protests continuing against the visitor attraction. Are they getting bigger? Yeah, the protests, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, they're Do getting they, more are, animated. Are, like, are, are the news teams arriving? And, you yeah, know, is it starting teams, to, so it's quite a big event. Yeah, but it, so it's starting to attract some attention now, this protest. It's not just the sort of four creepy people anymore. Yeah, because it says, let's see, what have I got here? The weird small contingent appears to be getting more uppity, verging on violence. The local community are up in arms too, both about the impact on the island, but also about the protesters themselves being on the island. Cue a news interview with a local next to a sheep. The sheep happens to be hanging upside down, cut down the middle, with entrails hanging from corpse to ground. No eyes or lower jaw. So it's like going, look at the fucking stuff that's going on here. It's starting to sort of... Look at the fucking sheep! (laughs) Now, cut away from that, we're back with Lucy, now on Lewis. She's digging on the site, but all alone, no helpers. Mm-hmm. Back at the croft she's staying in, she's on various phones and radios trying to find out where they are. They could be killed or not killed, depending on how you wanted to play some of this out, but we'd have to sort of decide that a bit later and then come back and change it. Right. As we all see. I wrote this out about six months ago, so let's see how it reads. She takes a call and is told there's a request from the government for the Lewis stone she just found to be presented at the launch night ceremony for the Stones of Stennis on Orkney. Oh, shit. Cue some outrage questions and a decision. You're not getting my fucking stone! <laughs> and she refuses to, to do so. Right. So, drinking whiskey and examining the stone, she notices the dried blood for the first time. Remember, it appeared when... That uh, looks like Dad's blood. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like Dad's blood as well. <laughs> Rubs all over my face just like Dan's blood used to. I used to love having that <laughs> just over the pus there. I just remember that. I always remember this blood on stones. It's a game we used to play. <laughs> stone blood. Aye, which... which bloody which, stony. Which, which stone's got Dan's blood on it? Which has got the sheeps? <laughs> the phone rings again. Supposedly it's the government again ringing about the donation of the stone but something in the chirpy detachment of the voice suggests all's not what it seems you probably hear both ends of this conversation it ends with the official stating that it's no longer a choice for the daughter to make and they say that all things will be undone before the line goes dead all things will be undone Mm. anyway after the it hangs up she walks to the window to fish in her bag and in the moonlight, we see a silhouette of an odd figure on the distance on the horizon line. Remember I mean, we... I, did, I did think that I misheard you for a second there. So she walks to the window with a fish in her bag. Two fish in her bag. So she gets something out of her bag. Yeah, so Fishing fish, around fish in her being bag. The, the verb as opposed to the noun. Yes, yeah. she's looking she's in her bag. She's not got two fish something. in her bag. No. She's fishing around she in her bag. She walks to the window, two fish in her bag. Two gets fish one in her out, bag. Yeah. Gets one out, eats yeah. one, gets, throws one outside. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> That's good. I, yeah, you were right. You were right to question it because that's how it reads. <laughs> she walks to the window. See two fish, two in, fish a in a bag. Stinking. What do you think he does? What do you think he does? 
Fuck off, love. Yeah. Fucking get rid of those fish. <laughs> Two fish. <laughs> fucking having a bubble. So yeah, so she sees the figure on in the distance on the horizon oh, line again. Shit. Same as we've seen before. She turns away from the window just as the comms equipment fizzes and fizzles and flames. And you know, again, it's a bit cliche. So you could. This is. I don't know. There's some obvious problem with her communications device. Yes, there you go. The next time she glances out the window, the figure is closer but not moving. Oh no, shit! So it's like that, oh, that horrible, like moving statue type yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly, oh yeah. no. I had in the previous iteration of this written a little scene where um, I had like one of her helpers in a tent, sort of oh, e- yeah. in between, yeah. who she was trying to contact on the radio yeah. and then managed to get hold of as the figure was getting closer to the tent. And then yeah. I thought that would be really Oh, be that's s- fucking cool, right. man. It could be really tense. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So you can see the torch inside the tent. So you mm. can see the tent, but nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And you can see the figure on the horizon. Yes. And you can oh, see, dude. <laughs> you can see it getting closer. And she's desperately trying to warn the helper. So the daughter checks and rechecks the landline before endlessly trying to get signal on her mobile before noticing that the stone has started bleeding afresh oh, in its shit. case. As she looks back up, we see the man who died at the start of the film on Orkney, the crushed man. Here, the parts of him that were not... Charlie? Cr- yeah, Charlie. The parts of him that were not crushed and are still fleshy are horrifically decomposed and the parts that were crushed are perfectly preserved as they were the moment of death. Oh, God. All crushed and maimed, covered in blood, spilling guts and gore. All the while, he's surrounded by whirling black shapes with occasional discernible features in them. Ooh, to fuck. Where is he outside the house? He's now in... In the doorway, by the stone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck. So, uh, yeah. Was he the guy who was appearing? It, yeah, I think oh, we made the assumption shit. that he was the figure on So, the... hang on. So, his the bits that were crushed are all right? Yeah, they're still crushed to fuck, but they they haven't decomposed. Oh, the no. non-crushed bits Oh, like... no. <laughs> yeah. What? That's like the worst of both worlds. I thought he was yeah, like... Yeah, he's at least not he gets... really won the lottery in that sense. Oh, he's not won the, the, Charlie. the death lottery. Uh, so yeah, surrounded by whirling black shapes. The stone is pissing blood everywhere at this point. Oh. And in the view of the stone and back, uh, I guess I'm meaning the camera looks at the stone and, and back. Yeah. The lights go out and all we can hear is an unholy tread and breathing of a beast type thing. But you know what it is, you see it here. Plus the desperate sounds coming from the daughter. This is broken by the flick of a lighter which illuminates a giant mess of shadows and flesh growing all over the case with the stone oh. in. Immediately turning towards her, we see a huge skull-like face made of moving, squirming parts that opens wide with a shadowy, mucousy tentacle spilling out towards the daughter with a disgusting slopping sound as they hit the floor. She spots a bottle and some gauze, grabbing one and putting it in the other, and she sets the gauze alight and throws it at the gaping Yes! (laughs) It spills flaming alcohol all over it, setting it ablaze, and she jumps up to the counter behind her. <laughs> throws another large stone Fuck through the window. You. She basically breaks the window and bundles herself out. Into oh, the she's an absolute superstar. Bolts. Yeah. So, Act 2 culminates with launch night then getting ever closer. Things are almost there, ready for the televised repatriation of the missing standing stones. Butler is at the Stennest Stones site, directing people and engaged with government officials talking about the impending launch. The place is brimming with construction workers on the buildings, student archaeologists working on other bits of the site and stuff, because I guess it's all for show now. And he gets into a phone call that he clearly doesn't want overheard. And as that happens, we cut to a man in a suit walking down the rise towards the site. Cutting back to Butler, we catch the end of his phone call. It's dodgy as hell. 
The man asks if he saw the lightning the other night as he glances around the stones they're standing near. Okay. Because they're standing near the standing stones. There's a back and forth between them that turns into a knowing understanding without anything explicit being said. Ultimately, the man is warning him about further fussing with the found stone up the hill. Some things were never meant to be undone. The man inquires about Butler's wife too, which leads to an awkward conversation with Butler implying he'll see her again, and the stranger implying that if he does, it'll be the last thing he ever sees. Who's this guy? We don't know. Guy in a suit? Another guy in a suit. Another guy in a suit. Like knife guys in the suit. Yeah, different faction of suit. We don't know. This guy's a lone actor, as far as we know. Neither man being explicit, but both seemingly understanding what the other's talking about. Neither enjoy the conversation. They're clearly on opposing sides of whatever is about to occur. Shit! There you go. And that is the end of Act 2. I really think you ought to stop, Mr. Butler, or whoever the fuck. So here's the bullets that I had written down for Act 3. And these are super basic. Right. Tensions build. Yep. Daughter's stone is gone. Ooh. Focuses on the launch night. Yeah. We follow the daughter. She's trying to get from Lewis to Orkney. I was going to say, she's got to get back, isn't she? That's a, that's a hellish journey to, to kind of get through. Now, what I've written is, and I'll explain this, she witnesses the stone giant try and stop the placement, right? Ooh, fuck. And what I wanted to do was, as they're on the ferry from the mainland to Orkney, yeah. it's launch night. It's yep. going to go in tonight, yeah. live on TV. An entire cliff front of like the mainland to just you know tear itself out and rise up into like a colossus into like yeah. a, just a gigantic thing and then what i wanted and this is just it's just visual i had so i, I haven't <laughs> don't think it, it might not be able to fit in but when the stone slots in it it just drops back into the sea so it's like a sort of defense mechanism oh, to shit. stop right, that okay. from happening yeah, yeah. and then once it's it's defeated and it just so it's crumbles. like that kind of this is fucking massive colossus straight yeah. through the sea yes you can see it bringing a bow wave it can affect yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. she's made it as far as the ferry she's know. watching it you're she's, watching she's it from maybe the getting, ferry you know, going like, it's amazing so like, she's getting stopped by people to try and get to the ferry but she fucking makes it to the ferry yeah. she probably has to shoot some sort of cockney suit to get onto the ferry she makes it pin in that then I've got Butler takes centre stage in the circle of the stones as the last one is lifted into place. So this could be happening concurrent mm. with what we've just talked about. Yep. The light drops out of the world as the gates of the dead are opened. Oh, fuck. Maybe Butler kills somebody in the stone circle out of desperation to, to make something happen. And I'll, and I'll tell you a bit more in a second. Maybe his wife appears. Horrors ensue. The surprise comes that when we discover that though there are fresh horrors coming from Orkney, the true end of the world is coming from the stone on Lewis, which, unbeknownst to Butler and everybody else, has been replaced by some of these ne'er-do-well shady suit people. So these are the bullet points i just written out for Act 3. But basically what I wanted to do was the placing of the stone creates, opens like a gateway to yeah. the dead, yep. where living and the dead can interact. And then I was sort of humming and hawing about how then to play that out and whether to have, because I thought it would all be televised as a big spectacle. And Butler knew this all along. And that's so, been his motivation. Was to, so he to, was trying to kind of pull out of it at one point and then they put him back on course again with the old stabby hand. Well, here's the thing. So he just wanted to speak to his wife. Yes. And he'd figured out that if he could get these six stones back on Stan he could get that opportunity. Yeah. Well, that's all he wants realize, in the world. He doesn't right. fucking care what else happens. So he's trying to make that happen yeah. throughout. And then the shady people that he's working with flesh out, as he will, people... Yeah. 
they are causing that to happen, but they're also aware that there's a second gate, yeah. which is essentially on Lewis. Right. And if that stone is replaced, and this is nobody is known about this, yeah. If that stone is replaced, while everyone's here looking at this, that gate just opens up for just a permanent huge, like just opens up like the end of the world. It's just right. the end of the world, okay. basically apocalypse. Yeah. So however you want to play that out. Just the stuff coming out. So there's a out gateway of, to the dead on on Orkney, but there's just like a pit to hell. It's just everything. Loose. It's like an open thing. Yeah. Everything's pouring out. And again, and sort of felt around the edges too much and got a shape of that. Yeah. Yet. So but, they're keep. So they're keeping Butler on course. And the, and that would be the end of the film, yeah. as I'd sort of imagined it yeah. was like. So so the Butler climax is the climax of the characters. Yeah. But then you get as the audience, you get the extra little twist that actually that wasn't the end of the story. There was a bigger story. Yeah. So, so he sees the wife. The gateway's open. Well, I mean, I had a whole thing where I was like, does he even see his wife? Does his wife appear? But then it, it's not really her. Well, I mean, that, that's it. He can't get that. Yeah, he can't no. win. Because like at the end of the day, I'm not sure if Butler's going to take this casting because it's, he's not being played as a hero here. Mm. You know, But essentially, he's being he's being motivated he's by, better than that. by selfish kind of means. And he all he wants to do is see his wife again. So he's going to have to be frustrated in that goal. So the thing is, he's had to compromise to get there, but we he also had no idea what would happen beyond this. So what you can have there is when he completes that circle, he's in that circle, he's doing that presentation, he's a bit fucked, he's got his cane or whatever. He's then the, the only person who again gets to commune with the dead. And he sees the wife, but as you say, it's distant, and she's like, what have you done? You know, she's remonstrating yeah. in a sense that, you know, her spirit's there, and she's like, what yeah, the she fuck? She could be you, the one that reveals the true what horror have you of what done? he's actually what have you done. Unleashed? And he doesn't you know. know. Yeah, that's true. Um, that could be quite cool. And then she fucks off again. And then he dies. And at the same time, you've got this maw opening up and Lewis in this fucking pit to hell. Maybe the helpers are there. Maybe that's why you can cut back to it and sort of see from the helper's point of view. Well, because well, what you need to do is wrap up what happened to the this, this Shard of Stone. Well, so, it got somehow replaced. Well, exactly. Yeah. You're going to have to have them doing that. You have to show them creating that second stone and you're like ah fuck that's what it was mm. that's why they were following her that's why there was the thing that was attacking her and that's what's unleashing originally i had thought well they you know he would have like maybe a group of dignitaries sat in the stone circle with him you know maybe there's like a fucking seating you need a sacrifice thing. yeah yeah you know and they're all unwitting and he well, goes not, full like, dark and one he... for each stone yeah, exactly. You need to have one free stone to fucking activate And then you can have kind of, yeah. you know, good old horror movie deaths, however you want to do them. Yeah, so that is Butler's progress. So we don't know what happens. We can leave it there. So we don't know what happens to the Lucy. We don't know what happens if it's the end of the world or not. So, yeah, we know Butler two dies. Circles. I think, I think well, he's we, got to die. I think yeah. we say... Everyone in the circle dies. I think we imply it's the end of the world at the end of the movie. Yeah. I think that's the safest thing to do. Wrap it up. Well, it was right full. It's a quick one. I think we cousins fall asleep. The Scottish guy yeah. in the booth. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I um, it's getting a bit late for me to be honest. <laughs> oh, I love that man. That was great. I think Butler would be good. I think Butler. Oh, would. I think you know, yeah, we could pull this off. Somewhere over... <laughs> anyway, somewhere over the rainbow. What titles then? Oh, titles. You thinking you you obviously um... love somewhere over the rainbow. Oh, I just thought uh... that was a nice little hook. I, I <laughs> like that juxtaposition much. between the sort of the yeah. creepily soothing. And they're absolutely tragically horrific. What stones are they again? Sorry, the stones of Stenness. S T N N E S S. So I'm pretty sure that's Stenness. Stenness. Or Stenness, maybe. Stones Ken. of Stenness. Yeah. There's a lot of standing stones about, and uh, mm. people really don't really know 
what any of them were for. Yeah. Like so everything. I, with I just find that interesting. Yeah, I just absolutely. Find... Man. So weight, Neolithic, weight of history. Weight of history. Because they're very big stones, and then you fucking set them up. That's and a then... pretty good title straight off the bat, as the Yanks would say, man. And then you've got, yeah. Fuck. Maybe, I like it, but I'm wondering if it might seem too mundane. The bloody stains of wrath. <laughs> <laughs> Standing bones? Mm, I'm not sure if I'd pun it. But... <laughs> yeah, right, I know. My first gambit was a pun. Um, stands alone? You know, because Butler's in the middle at the end and sacrificing to... Stone alone? Mm. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not buying pun time. <laughs> <laughs> The butler did it. <laughs> oh, the butler did it! <laughs> Fucking hell, that's brilliant. <laughs> Stoneheart? Can I have Stoneheart? Ooh, Heart of Stone, yeah, yeah. Blood from a Stone. Blood from Stone. Charlie the Builder's Bad Day. Charlie's Crush. Oh, Charlie's Crush! <laughs> Sadly, Charlie doesn't feature enough, I don't think, in it. To, uh, no. To warrant um, headline billing. Maybe it's just Stones of Stemness then. I'm still attached to weight of history, but let's go with Stones of Stemness for the moment. And uh, if it changes before publication, then we'll change the posters. And if you think of anything else in the meantime, say so. That's uh, wet plug sockets. Just a reminder. Yeah, just next plug. door to wet carpets. <laughs> and Shania's wains. For all your wagon and child needs. On that bombshell, maybe you should wind it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my traditional goodbye. John's waving. This is great. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. You can join us on Twitter. It's L M A H M Pod, Laman Pod, on Twitter with an at at the start. Instagram, let's make a horror movie. Let's make a horror movie at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Is that it? I think that's it. So that's all. Thanks for joining. Sorry it's been a year for the regulars. All you regulars. I, I'm not sorry it's been a year. All the Patreon guys and oh. gals. All those guys Stop and girls. Stop it with your money. <laughs> Stop it, you guys. Just honestly. Oh, honestly, it's embarrassing. It's, it's sick. Capitalism is what it is. Point, at some point it becomes an illness and you've just got to think this isn't good for anybody. Except us. Except F- us. Financially. Yeah, so yeah, it's hugely beneficial for us. Yeah. Anyway, lovely to be in your ears. Have a great time. Let's make a horror movie, everyone. <laughs>